On this week's Inside Motorsport, we look at the involvement of some Australian motorsport identities in the Senna film that was released last year. I hope you can stay with us. Mark Fogarty is the editor-at-large of Auto Action and a motoring journalist for The Age in Melbourne. During the 80s and 90s, he worked in Europe following the Formula One circus. It was a Fogue's question that became the premise of the documentary which seemed to be modelled on the classic motion picture Citizen Kane. I'm very flattered to be included you know, in the documentary. Um, it's very much in the same vein and right up there with When We Were Kings in terms of a uh, landmark sports documentary and the fact that one of the many, many, many questions over the years that I asked Ayrton Senna um, made it into the movie, um, as I said, was very flattering and it became the signature one of you know a grab from it is the signature quote of the movie in fact the whole the whole documentary really is is you know hung on um the, the quotes about his love of pure racing and how that came from karting so what was Fogg's opinion of the documentary i haven't raved about it as much as many if not most reviewers have around the world and i think that's probably because i was far too close to the subject material i worked in formula one full-time at Ayrton Senna's peak um, and it was a great time to be involved in Formula One on any level but particularly as a journalist so I think I'm too close to it I think for people who aren't interested in racing in fact I'd say that the less you know about Formula One and motor motorsport in general I think the bigger the impact the film will have so in terms of its broad appeal it's a great motor racing documentary you know it's not really a movie but it's very good for the sport um, I just think it's too one-sided in that it pretty much paints Ayrton Senna as a saint. Um, well, he wasn't actually a sinner. He was certainly um, less than perfect. You know, he, he uh, made um, ruthlessness a new art in Formula One and that was then refined by Michael Schumacher. So he's got a lot to answer for there. But in terms of the passion that he displayed and... Um, his love of pure racing and um, his sheer ability to express things in words, in English, that wasn't his first language, was, was quite remarkable. I've, I don't think I've ever come across anyone in sport who could express themselves as well and with such a depth as Ayrton Senna. And I'm talking about people, you know, when I covered tennis and golf, you know, you had people like John McEnroe and Jack Nicholas, you know, who were, well, you know, they could talk all day about anything and you know, express themselves really well but Senna was pretty much the best I ever came across. Obviously working in Formula One for so long you would have asked a lot of questions too Senna and all the uh, drivers of that time. Uh, ironically it was possibly probably one of the most innocuous questions I ever asked Senna. It was at a press conference in Adelaide I think in 1993 and I don't even remember why I asked but I just asked him you know who was his you know who did he regard as his greatest ever rival in racing? And, of course, we all thought he would answer Alain Prost. You know, they had that bitter feud, and Prost was the one that Senna, you know, dedicated himself to beating. And he comes up with this name, Terry Fullerton. And, as I recall, all but one person in the media centre at the Adelaide Grand Prix looked around and said, Terry who? And I think, you know, the only person there at the time who actually knew who that guy was, he was a... A British karting ace and he was the man to beat in karting when Senna was on his way up uh, was Chris Lambden um, you know a former kart racer 
turned car racer turned motorsport magazine publisher and you know he knew who Terry Fulton was had raced against him but the rest of us we didn't know well Terry Fulton of course now with the release of this documentary is actually you know a new well he's become world famous and, and deservedly so. Chris Lambdens is one of the founders of Motorsport News a successful motor racer in his own right and now a V8 supercar commissioner. Yes no it's been a very interesting time and uh, I guess that by the time most of your audience may well have seen the movie by now um, I hope they have and if they haven't they should go and see it because it is a brilliant movie um, and yes I, that's back when I was you know, living and racing carts in England and, and, and the link gets even closer because uh, in the movie Senna nominates uh, a go-kart driver Terry Fullerton as the best guy he ever raced against well uh, as it happened I was Terry's mechanic in uh, 1978 for the whole season which was the year that Senna first arrived and he was part of the same team so there was you know I got yes uh, I met him when he was very young first arrived in England and uh, I suppose that first year you know we saw quite a bit of him and uh, so everything that followed of course was was, was obviously of great interest and um, I have to say that the kart fraternity at international level over there knew he was going to be big long before the car race fraternity ever cottoned on and it's, um, it's probably been a very, very good thing for, for karting, in fact, that he mentioned Terry in that vein in the movie because uh, I think he was the first real Formula One world champion superstar to actually credit karting with, with, with starting him. Like um, Riccardo Patrese was a world kart champion. Uh, Elaine Prost was uh, not a world champion. He was in there. Uh, and Fullerton never rated him, by the way. Um, but so all, all that was been very good for karting, and, and yeah, the movie was, um, you know, I guess for a lot of people who knew him that had that extra degree of emotion attached to it. What about Terry Fulton and himself? What was he like? Well, I agree with Senna. Uh, he was, he's the best racing driver I've ever, ever seen in my life, and you know, through what I do in the media and having been over there and whatever, I have seen some of the so called best guys, you know, the Prost and the Mansells and the you know, and the Brocks and whatever, and Terry Fullerton was uh, the best. Uh, I, and from a personal view, the year I spent as his mechanic, I learned more about motor racing and how to go motor racing and how to try and succeed in motor racing than I ever did racing. And because the guy was everything everything that made, made up a racing driver, he, um, he had an absolute self-belief, but he had an also an inbuilt mechanism in his head, very similar to Senna, uh, where, where there was just that, that almost, as Senna himself, thing, almost godlike thing happening uh, that, that no one else could quite do. And um, I've seen it, I've seen it in action, I've seen both of them, you know, do dastardly things to other people that I didn't even know it was happening to them, you know, and uh, so, you know, it was just one of those lucky being in the right place at the right time things that you know, what was it, 1980, did I say 78, that's quite a while ago now, um, that was now, and looking back, a very interesting time of my life. V8 Supercars International Development Manager Martin Whitaker was the man who had to front the media to inform them of the death of Ayrton Senna. I asked him about the difficulties of performing that task. But yeah, it was a very difficult weekend, and you know, Rubens had a huge accident, of course, on the Friday. Um, but, you know, you'll never forget what happened on Sunday. I mean, Oddly enough, in the film, I just 
spoke about Ratzenberg. I mean, they didn't they didn't show me doing the bit with uh, with Ethan in the evening of the Sunday. Um, but uh, no, it was a very difficult weekend, and, and something that will clearly never leave you. And for Whitaker. What was it like watching the film? Yeah, it's very funny. I just got goosebumps while you were talking about it. It's, um, I watched the film. I thought I was going to be fine watching the film. And I sat there, and as, as we got towards the weekend in the film, I started to squirm in my seat and feel my collar and everything like this. It, and I, and I, actually, when I left, I was, I, it really affected me um, because I'd never seen it before, and I, and I hadn't really relived it. You know, plenty of people have talked about it, but I think when you see it on film, you suddenly remember all the things that you'd forgotten like the fact you know that I spoke to him that morning on the way to the driver's briefing and he was talking about the pace car yeah. uh, and you know it's extraordinary when you think that you know there he was talking about the fact that the pace car wasn't quick enough and, and all, all those sorts of things I was amazingly lucky of course to know it in any way from my days at McLaren um, which was a, a, a very special moment in my life uh, I mean extraordinary man totally focused you know a really good human being as well I mean I think came out of the film all the things he did particularly for the kids in Brazil and and the foundation still continues to do to this day um, but you know it's one of those people that I think we all come across people in our lives that we we know instantly that we were very fortunate to know and uh, and he clearly was one of those people so I was very lucky in a sense to know him uh, I was very unfortunate to be put in the position on May the 1st 1994 um, in doing what I had to do that day it was but you know make no bones about it I mean it, it was a lot more difficult for a lot more other people um, but certainly a day that you'll never forget that's all we have time for this week on the show till next time round keep smiling and bye for now Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network